0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Heat Nation, welcome back into Believe in Miami Heat. Hope you guys had a chance to listen to my episode last week with Jonathan Zaslow from 790. Breaking down the offseason. We're going to do a little more breaking down the offseason again today. Got another big 790 guest on tap for you. First, look, we're getting close. Sham Sharania reporting today. The players are going to vote maybe Thursday on a December 22nd date. Sounds like January 18th is the latest we could go, but we're getting basketball two months, three months. It's getting close. I know you're getting restless. I'm getting restless, too, but we know one thing. The NFL is happening right now. You're probably not at the game. I'm not at the game. It doesn't matter because Bet Online has you covered. You can still be in on all the action. Look, I told you last weekend it was two a time. I told you, three and a half points, embarrassing. Hammer the three and a half points. They got it done. The dolphins got it done. I'm assuming, hey, dogs again at Arizona this weekend. Hammer that too. And I'm also, you know what I'm feeling? I know it's crazy people. I'm feeling the Jets plus seven at home versus the lowly. Yeah, that's right. The lowly New England Patriots. The Jets have to win a game at some point. So I'm going plus seven. I'm taking the Jets. You don't want to bet on games. That's fine. They got game spreads. They got totals, teams, players, coaching props. That's fine. They give you more options to wager than any place online, but you don't want to bet on that. All right, go to the online casino. I can't stay away from it. Online blackjack all day, every day. Whew. You can't beat it. Head over to BetOnline. BetOnline.ag. Go over there today. Take advantage. All the great sign-up bonuses. Again, it's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline. They are your online sportsbook experts. All right. I mentioned it off the top. My buddy, Jonathan Zaslow, from last week, works at 790. He's like, listen, you want to talk Miami Heat? You, you need another guy? I got a guy for you. And you know what? I think Heat fans know who this guy is. They know who he is because he works at 790. Because they hear him on Hawk and Crowder. Because he's got the guts. Alejandro Solana, welcome to Believe in Miami Heat, my friend.
0: Definitely, man. Excited to be here. I do. I do have the guts. I feel. Uh, I feel very confident saying that I do have the guts.
1: Now, I, I just. I got it. Look, so I. I listen to the show. I catch it when I'm in the car anywhere. It's two to six every day on 790. So I catch it when I'm in and out. Can you give us sort of like the genesis of where the, the guts, th- this whole thing started? Because I, <laughs> for some people, even for me, just going back to during the playoffs when this whole thing started, how did it start and how did it get to the point where there's T-shirts that say Solana has the guts?
0: So, and uh, my girlfriend's actually here, so I hope she's not in the vicinity, but (laughs) it basically came at the expense of my lovely girlfriend. And uh, I was texting her um, one night during the Heat's playoff run. I think this was during the Boston Celtics conference finals series. And the Heat won a couple games that she didn't watch the game with me at my house. She came over for, I believe it was game three, and the Heat lost. And for Game Four, she texted me like, "Hey, like, what time should I come over?" And I, I had to, I had to let her know. I had to, I had to let her know. <laughs> Look, like, you're, you're, you're not coming over. You're not coming to watch the game. And uh, the following day, I texted her. It worked. And she called me insane. And I said, "No, I have the guts." And <laughs> I tweeted it. The Heat retweeted it. Dwayne Wade said it was the best thing he's seen on Twitter that day, which was. Probably the highlight of my life.
1: It's got to be. That's a that's a yeah. career. That's a life highlight, right? The D Wade with the retweet. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, a Dwayne Wade, a Dwayne Wade cosine was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. So and and now you know it, uh, it caught on. Solana has the guts, and I did. I believed in this team. So I don't. I don't uh, feel I'm coming off as arrogant when I I take on this. You know this, yeah. this catchphrase. Like I, I genuinely, I had the guts. I believe that this team was made for the bubble, as cliche as you know all the all, mm-hmm. the, all the reporters were saying it, and or the team was saying it. And uh, I, I believe that they could make a deep playoff run. And here we are. Fast forward. It took it took long enough, but fast forward to November third, and uh, they're the conference champions. Like it's it was a it's, big big year for the oh my.
1: yeah. It's 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 unbelievable. I mean, I I've talked to obviously I talked to Zaz last week and. Uh, A few weeks ago, I had uh, the coach, I had Tony Fiorentino on, and we were talking about it. It's one of those things where it's like, it's hard to say that it's better than a championship run, but it's so damn close. It's so damn close just because, obviously, being a five seed and being counted out and not having a first ballot Hall of Famer on the team and and all the things that went into it and, and being in such a unique year, it's like, you didn't win a title, but damn, being two games away from winning a title in this type of season, it makes it... Pretty close, as close as you can get. It's like I'm sure some people, because of the way they feel about LeBron, are like eh, this might be better than the LeBron titles.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know about that. I still think the big three uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. years, and and I have I have a little bit of petty petty in me with the way LeBron left and and uh, whatever. But I mean, the big three years, those four years were yeah, yeah it's, the, it's the greatest four four years of fandom I think anybody will experience But no, you're right about this Heat team. Um, Everything this organization has preached for the better half of the last two decades, right? Culture, next man up, uh, and and the culture thing really took off in the bubble. But everything they've preached really came to fruition with this team. And I think this team exemplified you know, what this organization is about more than any team in the history of the Miami Heat's, uh, what now, 35, 36 years hmm. since they've been in the NBA. Uh, just a bunch of guys that, Everybody kind of overlooked uh, Bam Adebayo is a perfect example. Taken 14th. Nobody expected him to make the leap he made, especially in the playoffs, had arguably the best moment in the NBA playoffs, mm. the, the game one block yeah. on Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, another guy. He leaves Philadelphia. Everybody's claiming Jimmy came to Miami to get a check and to get a 10 on South Beach. Tyler Hero taken 13th. He arguably was, was the biggest, uh, uh, you know, guy who who really uh, also made a, a huge leap in the playoffs. Um, kind of a, a household name now, Tyler mm-hmm. Hero. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just, the list goes on and on. Kendrick sure. Nunn. Absolutely. Every, everybody, everybody. Yeah. So I, I think, I think that's why, like we, we as a fan base love this team, like you said, arguably more than we've loved any Miami Heat team.
1: Yeah. And look, I'll, I'll, just, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit. I did go on Zazlo and Amber before the playoffs started. They asked me about Bam, and I did say that by the end of these playoffs, Bam would be a household name because people don't <laughs> realize how good this kid is. I actually yeah. said that after the Bucks series, I, I said, "Look, they're going to beat the Pacers. They're going to play the Bucks, and the matchup with Giannis is going to make him a household name." I was like a game. I was a game off because then it was game one of the Boston series that made him a household name with the right. block. But it's still, it happened. But I'm glad you brought up Tyler Hero because it transitions into kind of what, we sh- what we're we going to talk about today, which is, you know, obviously I broke down the, the offseason and we came, you know, after talking with Zaz and talking with people and reading and everything you see and hearing Pat uh, at his end of the year uh, presser or whatever you want to call it, it seems like, look, the guys that are free agents that are important, Goron, Jay, uh, they'll be back. The team will be pretty similar, right? So the two things that could potentially happen this offseason is one, there's obviously that mid-level. So we'll talk about some mid-level guys that have been rumored or guys that we think could fit. And then there's also trade possibilities. And look, it's the, off, it's the NBA offseason. So it, it wouldn't be fun if there wasn't a new trade rumor literally every <laughs> single day. And if... The day after the NBA Finals, every player wasn't getting traded to the Lakers and the Heat weren't interested in every player in the NBA because that's just how it works. But let's talk about some guys, right? So the most obviously the guy that everyone has been on the Heat's radar in every rumor, free agency, 2021, all this is Giannis, right? So today report comes out that Tyler Hero is not is reportedly not an untouchable piece in a potential Giannis trade. And there's a few things to unpack from that because a lot of people probably say, well, why are we trading for Giannis if the idea is to wait till 2021 to get Giannis? It's a good question. I think the thought process to me is, do you want to risk 2021? Are you risking that you're definitely going to get the guy if that's your guy? So that's the first question. But to me, the question is, are you willing to give up Tyler here after what you've seen out of this kid? And I don't know, I'm not so sure that I'm so ready to give him up yet, partially because of the way I feel about Giannis, which is I'm not sure that Giannis is a guy who's taking you to an NBA championship just yet in his, and or ever, maybe, I don't know, I think maybe I'm a little bit overreacting on Giannis more than other people. But in in your mind, let's, let's do it two ways. How do you feel about Giannis coming to the heat in general and how he fits with the current construction and then? Secondly, if they did have to trade for him, how would you feel about having to package Tyler? And obviously, a lot of other pieces, too, because it wouldn't just be Tyler. You mean it would right. be picks and this and that. So Tyler being involved in it changes the dynamic in a big way for me.
0: Yeah, so uh, to answer your first question, I disagree with you. I heard your your episode with, with Zaslow, and I, I I definitely disagree on on how you view Giannis. And and by the way, it's it's a totally fair... Reaction to have after the Miami Heat, I think it's fair to say dominated Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, he got hurt, so maybe it's not totally fair to say that that they dominated him specifically, but when the Milwaukee Bucks late in games one and two needed a basket, Giannis Antetokounmpo could not get a basket. He could not create separation. He could not find ways to get his teammates to make uh, open shots. And I mean that is concerning for a guy that is the two-time rating MVP, right? In the most critical moments of a game, he can't find his own shot. Certainly concerning. And do you want that to be your best player, your franchise player, the guy maybe you're giving up a a highly coveted prospect for? I understand why you'd argue no. I look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, still super young, still evolving, still growing. He is the complete evolution of today's NBA game, which is just a monster. I mean, we know it's it's the Greek freak, right? Like he is everything that this NBA is becoming. And you're seeing guys like Bam Adebayo who um, I wouldn't say Bam models his game after Giannis, but certainly that kind of player, a a huge forward who can handle the ball and hopefully, you know, uh, Bam can also develop an outside shot. I I, I think if you can bring Giannis Antetokounmpo to the Miami Heat, put him under what this this organization has shown you, which is an incredible development staff under Eric Spolstra, I think if you have any opportunity at doing it, you have to capitalize on it. So, to answer your second question, as much as I want to keep Tyler Hero, as much as I want to believe that Tyler Hero can, you know, become Clay Thompson or Lou Williams or whatever, you know, these these. Mm-hmm. Uh, these names we're hearing his right Booker as much as I want to believe that he can become that which by the way I'm not counting out if Pat Riley I I put it in the, the perspective of what would Pat Riley do What has Pat Riley shown us he will do what is the precedent Pat Riley has set in his very lengthy career if Pat Riley has a chance to move or to land Giannis Antetokounmpo he's not going to wait if he sees that yes I can get Giannis Antetokounmpo, and it's going to cost me Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn and a pick. He's going to do it, like, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Even as somebody who you know maybe is down on Giannis right now, I think you would agree. If Pat Riley sees that opportunity, that window open, he won't let that window close. He won't risk waiting till 2021 and maybe the Milwaukee Bucks do find another piece and get to the NBA championship, and it totally reverses Giannis' way of thinking. Right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and I mean, we don't have hardcore proof, right? Like, this isn't written in text, but you have to imagine Giannis Antetokounmpo is down on the Milwaukee Bucks right now. He just saw a Miami Mm -hmm. Heat team that many people were, or nobody was picking them to beat the Bucks dominate them in the second round with a bunch of young players and one guy who's 31 years old who by the way had two of the best finals performances we've ever seen right a a Jimmy Butler Giannis Antetokounmpo Bam Adebayo trio is the best trio in the NBA and you can argue how that would work you can argue the spacing you can argue the shooting with me and and those are all fair talking points certainly and and uh I'm willing to have the conversation but Pat Riley will not turn down an opportunity (laughs) to bring those three together.
1: I don't, I don't disagree that... And so here's the thing. I, I, I couldn't agree more in believing in what Pat Riley's plan is. So if Pat Riley has his heart set on Giannis, I would never disagree. I mean, look...
0: Even, Re- even if he doesn't, though, right? Like, even if right now Riley sees Giannis as a long shot, if the opportunity were to present, were, would be presented to Pat Riley, I don't see him turning down... Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't because he's still too he's too young. He's a two time reigning MVP. And I don't think we've seen the full uh you know the the, the full extent to to how much better he's going to get. I don't see, think that, we've seen it.
1: I think that's where I kind of disagree a little bit. Right. And 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 that's mainly because I do think we know what Giannis is. And I understand that people yes, he's 25 years old, and I understand that he is young in age but he has been in the league for seven years. He's going into his eighth year. Uh, people, I think people tend to forget. They look at the age and forget that he's been in the league since he was 18 years old. Right. Um, and here's what Giannis is to me. Elite, elite defensive player, defensive player of the year, debatable, right? But top two or three defensive player in the league outside of LeBron and maybe over LeBron at this point, best transition player in the league. He is unstoppable in transition. Uh, Decent post player. He's fine. He's a decent playmaker, but he has major, major, major offensive flaws in the half court. First of, first and foremost, his inability to shoot the ball. And and it wasn't even just like, look, Jimmy Butler is not a great shooter. But it's not like if you, it's not like if you leave Jimmy open, you're like, no, 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 don't shoot it. (laughs) If you if you play five feet off Giannis, it's like fifty fifty on whether you even want him to shoot the ball. Uh, and 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 yes, guys can change. And guy, I I honestly personally think just watching Bam, there's a much higher possibility that Bam becomes at least a competent catch and shoot three point shooter, even just in corner threes or you know trail threes from above the break than Giannis mainly because I don't think there's going to be a scenario. Like, I don't think you're ever going to get to a point in, your, in Bam's career where you're looking at him and you're saying, hey, go get yourself a shot like that, like a, a three right. at the end of a game. If you bring Giannis to your franchise regardless of whether you have Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo or whoever, whoever, other than if you don't have LeBron James or Kevin Durant, you're bringing Giannis in to be your best player. You're bringing in Giannis in to be your scorer, your creator, your playmaker, and your guy that you give the ball to at the end of games. And like you even just said, unless he develops in a big way over the next year, two, three, whatever. So you're talking about a guy in his eighth, ninth, 10th year in the league developing something that he doesn't currently have. And, Really hasn't shown a semblance of having. Couldn't do it against the Heat. Has shown two years in a row now in the playoffs. He just can't do it at the end of games. So now, to me, not only are you bringing him in and you're putting him, and I would almost compare it a little bit to the Sixers from last year when Jimmy was with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, right? Yes, they were a miracle. Kawhi shot away from an Eastern Conference Finals. But you just never really felt comfortable about that team. And why was that? Because you had three guys on the floor at all times that really couldn't shoot the ball. And then you throw into it. Now, I'm not saying if 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 Giannis is the guy, you got to give up what you give up. I'm I'm a big proponent of that, too. Like, if you think that's the guy to get you to a finals, you give up whatever you want to give up, whatever you have to give up to get that guy, because there's very few of those guys that exist. But I'm very concerned about the fit. I do think that Bam already brings a lot of the things that Bam, two years younger, been in the league, what, three, what, five years less, uh, brings a lot of the same things to the table that Giannis brings. I'm more concerned about just their fit together. I just don't understand offensively how you fit Bam and Giannis together. I'm not saying they can't make it work. I believe they can make it work. I just have concerns that if you're going to give up a whole lot of stuff to go get that guy, you're, you're going to have to sort of rebuild your your philosophy of a team that, whether bubble or not, was two games away from winning an NBA championship. My yeah. question would be, do you just wait it out and see? Because if you don't get Giannis in 2021, there might be other guys out there that are just close enough to the level to bring into a team that already looks like it has championship aspirations.
0: And maybe a better fit as well. And I, I'd be interested in 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 hearing like what some of the names are. I know like the Beals and and the Donovan Mitchell's and the, the Oladipo's get tossed around a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. But to, to answer your question about um or or just you know what you just said about Giannis. So and and I want to preface all of this by saying because I know people are going to listen to this and say how dare you compare LeBron James in 2010 to Giannis in 2020. I'm not trying to do that, but in terms of LeBron James, 7 years in the league, couldn't get over the hump. Came to Miami. I think the Heat were able to transform his game, and that's no secret, right? Like the best 4 years of LeBron James or at least the best 3 years of LeBron James were here in Miami. Um I and and I I understand it's it's a different situation. With Giannis Anto De Kumpo, right? Like you wouldn't be bringing him here and changing his post up post-up game. Like there's certain deficiencies that Gianni, Giannis is showing. Like you, like you mentioned, that it, it doesn't translate to how the Heat changed LeBron's outlook on basketball or, or just his decision making as a basketball player. Mm-hmm. But if you can bring in Giannis onto the Kumpo, and again, I understand what you're saying, seven years, but if you can bring him in here and you can elevate at, at the very least his offensive decision-making and allow Jimmy Butler to be the closer late in games, then maybe that fit is better than both you and I are giving it credit for maybe. And, and with the way that the Miami heat have consistently now for what, five, six years found draft picks and found guys that nobody in the league was looking at and made them and elevated their play into Duncan Robinson Josh Richardson, who I'm not saying Josh Richardson is an all-star, but Josh Richardson was a formidable role player in the NBA. Um, Yeah, very
1: good. Yeah, no, he's really Uh,
0: good. Derek Derek Jones Jr. I mean, the list goes on and on. Rodney Magruder was a starter. He got paid. Deion Waiters, as much as I'm not a Deion fan. Like, all these guys, the Heat found them, whether they were washed somewhere else, whether nobody had heard their name in the draft. Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Bam Adebayo. Duncan. He'd have consistently, right, Duncan. He'd have consistently found these guys made these guys better, made them very good role players. I don't see why they wouldn't be able to consistently continue to do that. Now you just are pairing them with the best player in the league, right? Like that's, that's the way I look at it. That's the way I frame it in my mind.
1: I, and I agree. I think no matter what happens with the heat, what they're going to do is they're going to find the pieces that work, that they're going to find the right players for the culture. They're going to find the right talent. They're going to do all that. I, I don't have any issue with that. Yeah. My, my my concern will always just be even... All right, so you bring Giannis down here, okay? Giannis comes to Miami, and you got... So your starting lineup is Jimmy, Duncan, Giannis, Bam, and Goron next year, okay? End of games...
0: Are, are you are in this hypothetical Tyler Hero's gone right? Like yeah, Tyler you, Hero's you to, gone. You it, trade you, right. This is a trade. This is you, a trade. Tyler Hero's gone. Maybe like Iggy and Kelly Olynyk and a pick or something, are and gone.
1: probably multiple picks. You're probably gonna have to just to get it done now, and as opposed to next year, if Milwaukee's gonna give up on trying to resign Giannis, which I, I also don't see that happening. I agreed. <laughs> agreed. Unless it was, it was unless he Giannis, pu- unless he publicly comes out and does the Paul right. George, I'm not playing here. Right. I just don't see them parting with him. It, it just that franchise it's going to be. So, I mean, we all know how hard it is for a small market to get not just a franchise player, but a franchise player who is arguably a top two or three player in the NBA. So Agreed. I just don't think it's gonna happen. But Let's just say, all right, for for the, s- for the sake of the entertainment of the podcast, Tyler Hero has gone, right? Uh, Goron's back and Giannis is in a heat jersey. And at the end of the game, your lineup that you have in the game is Jimmy Butler, Giannis, bam, Goron and Duncan. Jimmy Butler's closing out the game. Jimmy Butler's the guy with the ball in his hands closing out the game in this scenario. You're gonna have trouble running a play to get a good shot because there's gonna be no spacing. Goron is a good shooter. He's a better shooter off the dribble. Duncan, best shooter, one of the top five shooter in the NBA, no question. But now you have where is Giannis going to be? Where's Bam going to be? Where Goron's probably in the corner somewhere, and now Jimmy's. It's going to be on Jimmy. They're going to play some type of pick and roll, but Giannis's man's going to play way off of him, or yeah. they're going to play pick and roll with Giannis and and Bam's man's going to. It just, I I I just more seeing it in my mind where in the playoffs, there's no question what's going to happen. They, Giannis is going to come here, and the Heat are going to be the number one seed in the East. I worry that in a seven-game series, you're going to get into these scenarios now. Maybe, look, maybe in the offseason, Bam gets to the point where he can develop a corner three. All he needs is—now, look, if Bam comes out, like, and we see these workouts, like, we see these Ben Simmons, Chris Johnson hoops workout tapes where Ben Simmons was knocking down threes in transition. If I see this in, like, three weeks, if I see some YouTube video of Bam knocking down corner threes in some uh, off-season run— you know what? My confidence level is going to go way up because that changes right. the whole dynamic. That's like it's the whole the, uh, bro- that's the Brooke Lopez com- leaves leaves New Jersey and all of a sudden the guy is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. If yeah. I see that from Bam, all right, all bets are off. Bring on, bring it on. I'm just concerned that neither of them are quite there yet.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you. Like the, the fit is concerning. And by the way, you mentioned Duncan being on the court. Well, we saw this year how much Duncan struggled when teams were just focusing on him, the Lakers did everything they could to Mm -hmm. rush him off the three-point line, going over screens, doubling every single time, hedging him. Um, So we saw like, where, where Duncan, when he is under the microscope of the defense, he struggles and he can't get his own shot uh, his and, and you have to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Like, is he going to get better off the dribble, pump fake, step in, shoot, mm. getting to the rim? Maybe, maybe not. Like Kyle Korver never truly developed that. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not trying to take away from from Duncan's progress. I'm just saying, like, you don't know what you're going to see from Duncan if he's going to get that confidence.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I, I saw this year, I, I saw such a jump in from Duncan in terms of his going from just a catch-and-shoot guy to the things... To, to the way he plays in dribble handoffs with Bam, his pocket pass coming off yeah. pick and rolls, his one dribble pull-up. he And he became an, an, a great cutter. Not like a good cutter. Like, he became a great cutter because the guy teams were overplaying him so much. So I think, yeah, I think he'll become more comfortable. And you know what? To me, yeah, he struggled a lot in the finals because they were pinpointing him. But, like, I think that's just sort of... That's just as much of him struggling as it is just a testament to how good he's become that... Yeah. that yeah the NBA champions had to focus on him so much and think about how much, I mean, like who knows in some of those games where they're just totally focusing on taking Duncan out of it. Does Jimmy Butler get a 40 point triple double? Like how much opened up for Jimmy just because there's one guy solely focused on the fifth best player on the court for the heat, you know? So I think it's, it, but it's a, it just and I think he'll get better in those situations. Defensively is where he's gonna he's. But yeah. that being said, if you bring in Giannis, Giannis you have right. Giannis, doesn't Jimmy matter. Butler, and Bam. It probably doesn't matter very much.
0: Yeah, defensively, it could be you and me out playing the two three zone up top it, and oh whatever. My God. Yeah. That
1: that that would be. Yeah, it's funny because I always say like you know as much as important as defense is, you have to score to win. But man, that defensive team would be that would be something, man. That it's yeah. funny and in, in oh man. I don't know. Man. I'm so on the fence about it. I, I mean, I'm not going to say no if Giannis is down here, but there are. It's just the fit. It, it really is the fit because I feel like he he can't get it done now in Milwaukee. And the way Milwaukee's built right now is catered to him. It, it, this Milwaukee team is like the Cleveland teams for LeBron, just shooters all around and let Giannis do his thing. And he hasn't gotten it done. I, I wonder how it would work with less shooters. So,
0: but but I think you would agree, Cleveland with Kyrie is a much better two than Giannis with Chris Middleton and I like Chris Middleton by the way but he's not Kyrie Irving and he's probably uh no. I know a very different style of play but he's probably not even Kevin Love right like in terms of of where he's at um and, and, and like the the star
1: yeah ranking probably like he's, he's probably he's probably not, not yeah and no. even if
0: he is he's not he's nowhere near Kyrie like he, he just isn't yeah um, but I
1: mean look I, here's the thing and no he's not in terms of I guess where you what you'd consider a star. I think he's a better defensive player than both of them um and I think they were and I think Kyrie and Kevin love were both losers before they played with LeBron, so I think it's you know Kyrie was you know putting up numbers and Kevin Love obviously was putting up absurd numbers in Minnesota, but neither of them won a thing in their in their nBA careers yeah. before LeBron, so it says. Uh, I mean, I guess Chris Middleton probably didn't win a whole lot until he was a teammate with Giannis. So it probably goes both ways. Just like, kept the heat out of the playoffs in 2015, right? Yeah. So you know, all right, so let's whatever. All right, so Giannis, Giannis is Giannis is like you know that's the ultimate prize. That's what we've been. That's what Miami's been looking at for. Let's say Giannis is out of the picture. I there's names that just just. Day after day, names just this guy. Oh, the Heat could trade for this guy. He could tra- so let's go through some of the names and let's see what we think. If it's not Giannis, what we think about some of these names? Brad Beal. For me, Brad Beal. I mean, Brad. I think Brad Beal fits on any team in the NBA. Depending on where you have to give up for Brad Beal, if you if you think you can't get Giannis, I'm like, go get Brad Beal right now, and the Heat can win a championship next year. It's. I don't even think it's a question. And I don't even think people realize, I think he might be the most underrated player in the NBA. Like how often does the second leading score in the NBA, guy average 30 points a game and and carry that team to even be in the bubble. Uh, like no one talks about him. No one cares. I think That's it's because he's in Washington, but he's so yeah. good. That's what it is. He's
0: in Washington and that team has been irrelevant for so long. Um, I'm with you, by the way. That to me is the best fit for the way that how this team is constructed right now, you address so much of the offense's deficiencies. You add the shooting, you add the consistent three-point shooting, uh, the three-point scoring. I mean, I, like uh, he, is, he is perfect for this team. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Uh, Victor Oladipo, you, yeah. You, you have to, by the way, with Bradley Beal, right? Like he's making a lot of money. You're basically putting all your chips into Bradley Beal. So you have to be certain that that fit. Is going to be what's going to get you from you know finals contender to actual championship contender and uh you also are going to have to give up Tyler Hero I like I know a lot of people are are, are, are hoping you wouldn't have to there's no way Washington gets rid of their best player their best asset and uh not bringing in Tyler Hero from Miami I I don't see I don't see, a, I don't see a, a scenario there where you can bring in bradley beal and retain tyler
1: hero this is gonna sound crazy and i know people probably think I, I i sometimes say wild shit but uh i'm like so if i if i'm getting brad beal i'm like right get sorry later tyler i love tyler hero i think he's yep. gonna be great but i think he's I, I think tyler hero's ceiling is brad beal at, at the best at the best right. like that's the I ceiling agree. ceiling so like all right give me brad beal and i know like I was hesitant on Giannis, but I think it's just cuz I'm hesitant on Giannis in general. But yeah, yes. Tyler Hero for it's, Tyler Hero in a package for Brad Beal. You're doing that because to like like I said, are you going to win a championship? Look, the Lakers are probably going to be back in the championship next year depending on who they put around LeBron and AD. I don't see a team in the West really getting that much better to beat them. So now it's a matter of are you good enough to now win those other two games if you stay healthy? Getting a getting a guy that's a thirty point scorer and as talented all around as Brad Beal, I I don't even. Yeah. I, it I just think. seems
0: it just seems like he's actually bought into giving Washington one more year. Yeah, he wants to see how John Wall is going to come back. Uh, I, I mean, that's gonna blow up in Washington's face again. They're gonna have to, they're gonna have to part ways with, with him eventually. yeah, I don't I'm see him
1: I don't see him in Washington past the deadline, but we'll see. yeah Yeah, uh, I, I think
0: it's I think it's you're naive as a heat fan if you don't think that the only two untouchable players are Bam and Jimmy. Like you were you were mm-hmm, naive yeah. and, and I love Tyler as much as anybody. I claimed he was going to be rookie of the year before the season started. Like I was drinking the Kool-Aid hard and that was obviously just me being stupid, but uh, I'm still, I'm still taking credit for that. Yeah. Uh, um, I loved him. I loved loved him in the draft
1: In my old, where I used to work. I, we, I I was, uh, I used to book his, you know, like we, we couldn't get him on before the draft, but we got some of the other people that were with his agency. And I was talking to one of his reps and I was just like, dude, I don't understand how he's not a top 10 pick. He's the best shooter in the draft. I think it's because yeah. he's young, and it's one of those Kentucky things where, like, no one gets enough touches, so no one scores enough points, so they don't get enough attention as individuals, so they drop. But, like, dude, it wasn't even a question to me. He's the best shooter in the draft, and I saw the confidence level when he played at Kentucky. Yeah, I I, I, was, I don't know if I – I wasn't on him as Rookie of the Year, but I also wasn't on Zion as Rookie of the Year, even if he played. I was not a big Zion guy either. I was always, like, John Morant's wearing Rookie of the Year. It's just it, – it's kind of like – it was sort of a foregone conclusion to me just because of his situation. But Tyler, I love Tyler coming into the draft. Yeah. Um, Depot is a name that keeps coming up constantly. Uh, and I think in terms of organizational fit, there's not a lot of guys like Oladipo. Like Depot, he would be... He, it would be interesting to see how he fits with Jimmy Butler on the floor. But in terms of a guy, you want to be part of your organization. And I think if you traded for him now, you wouldn't have to give up as much as you would have obviously pre-injury. So if you're looking for that other, you know, that third guy who you could get on a budget type of trade that could potentially, if he gets back to form, be like an all NBA type player, Oladipo is not a bad option. I don't know if I would pull the trigger right now either because of how he looked in the playoffs, but it's it's enticing.
0: Yeah. I I would pass an Oladipo. I'd rather run it back. Honestly. And, and I don't disagree with anything you just said, by the way, it's definitely enticing. Once you, once you saw how big of, of a drop off his play took post-injury in the playoffs. And again, he could be, uh, he couldn't, maybe wasn't totally rehabilitated the bubble. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much goes into that, right? So much factors into it, but I'd pass on, on, Depot for right now. I just, I, I don't think he makes you, I don't think he makes you better than the Lakers. So, so why, like, why even, why even bother just, just, uh, just, just keep your, your young guys, see what you can develop them into. And yeah. then hopefully, you know, uh, leverage that into somebody who will make you a, uh, a-, a team better than the Lakers.
1: Yeah. And I think the amazing thing about this whole conversation, it's, it sort of harps back to something that I said to to Zaz last week, which is the amazing thing about the heat right now is that they're in this position. Like Crazy. You, it's, it's how rare is it to have a, you have a cha- a team that was two games away from a championship, but also, uh, it ha- two of their three best players are in their f- going to be in their second and third year in the league. They're 20 going to be 20 and 23 or 20 and 22. Uh, and you have all these assets to potentially, if you want to, if you feel like you can get better, go do it. But if you don't feel like you can get better, Oh, let's just run it back with a team that was in the NBA finals. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh The other, so I saw, I don't know how real any of these other ones are, but I've seen I've seen both of the Spurs stars uh, as potential options, DeRozan. Uh, th- po- apparently, DeRozan has a relationship with Jimmy, yeah. and then L- L- L.A. Lamarcus Aldridge. He was a guy Riley wanted a few years ago, and now obviously he's older. Um, I, Aldridge is more of a guy who I think you might be able to get like on a mid-level next. Year. He's going to be a free agent next year. Right. Maybe you wait. And like when he's he's gonna be like thirty six, looking to win a championship, they gotta go get him now. Like the way they're thinking about Millsap this year, maybe you th- wait wait till next year and get him on that deal.
0: Yeah, I love the idea of Millsap. By the way, like I love. I I don't know if the mid level will be enough for Millsap, but um, I love the idea of bringing Millsap if I can get over the twenty eleven experience where he like <laughs> hit nine daggers, nine three pointers. Like it was Paul Millsap forever haunting me, but. I love the idea of Millsap this year. If the mid-level works, I think he's perfect for this team defensively Can handle the ball. He can shoot the three. Like he's perfect for, for what this team needs. Um, As far as DeRozan, I mean, I I couldn't want somebody less than DeMar DeRozan Uh, Aldridge. I mean, it's, it's, it's LaMarcus Aldridge. Like he'd be great. I think he's a good fit as well for this team, but exactly how you just, uh, how you stated it. That's not somebody you, you risk losing a, a young piece to go get right now. Yeah, like it just, I don't it think
1: you sense. would have to give up a lot. I mean, I mean, I just, I guess it depends on what the Spurs are looking to do. But I mean, I feel like you're at a point where I don't even. Well, I guess would you even give up? Like, would you give up the 20th pick for LaMarcus Aldridge? Probably not. No,
0: no, no, you wouldn't. No, and and by the way, a lot of this also depends on what they do with the 20th pick. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I know, with the mid-level, like Jeremy Grant, and and you and I were texting back and forth. Like, there's a bunch of names that are being thrown out there. I don't think Jeremy Grant ends up leaving. Uh, his role was just was just too good and I, I don't see it you know being what it was for Miami but um, like a lot of it depends on what they do with that that 20th pick right yeah. like if they go and they get a big then like throw all the Ibaka rumors out the window right yeah. like you what, what's the point point? Um, and if they go and they get a point guard then they're pretty much set for for guards, right? Like right. especially if you bring back Goron.
1: Yeah. Well. All right. So the only other trade one, we, let's talk mid level. But the only other trade one was the was De'Aaron Fox, and I that's a I know you said that you said him and Bam had like a, a Twitter interaction that that people were uh, interested in. I, look, the thing with De'Aaron Fox is he'd be interesting, and you and right now he's in the same situation as Bam, where you have to decide what type of extension and whether you want to extend him or not. So the only issue I would have is. Or do you want to trade for another guy that you're going to potentially have to pay a lot of money? Like I don't see De'Aaron Fox as the guy getting you over the hump. He's young. So you're, you're talking about, I mean, if you don't have to give up Tyler hero, if you're talking about going into the future in the Eastern conference with De'Aaron Fox, Tyler hero and, and bam, it's not a, not a bad way to go, but I don't know. Two guys going into their extension years, having to tell them to wait so that we could potentially go get Giannis. I don't know how that's going to work out.
0: Yeah, I think I think the, the Fox stuff is more uh is more down the line. Like I, I, I don't think that's that's even even possible this year, or next year. I think it's more just down the line. Um but I, I'm a sucker for Instagram comment rumors yeah and that that was right up my alley man like that was right up my alley
1: yeah I think the the Fox thing is more on the Sacramento end is that they have big decisions to make between Fox's extension and then Buddy Heald being unhappy and matching Bogdan Bogdanovich's right restricted free agency so they, they like I I have another I was I do another podcast and I sort of talk I I think I would trade Darren Fox and keep the two shooters but so that's where I kind of ran into the heat rumor I was like oh to the Heat, I don't know, uh, but money wise, if the, if he'd be willing to come here and wait it out for a year, he's only making eight million dollars. So you could make it work pretty easily. But I don't. Know. All know. right, mid level. So you mentioned Paul Millsap. Five reasons. One of the guys at Five Reasons said the other day that the Heat are interested in actually splitting the mid level among Paul Millsap and West Matthews, which is interesting. Based, you know, you said could we get Paul Millsap for the mid level? And, and I, my thought was, yeah, I think a guy like Paul Millsap at this point in his career, I know he's coming off of a year where he made $30 million, but I think because of the fact that he's so set, he's, I think he's going to be 37 next year or 36, like
0: 36, I think. Yeah.
1: He, I mean, he's got to be ring chasing at this point. Uh, I
0: think that's what it is, right? Like he's looking for uh oh, he's thirty-five right now, but he turns yeah. thirty-six this year. Yeah. This, this season. Yeah, I mean it's it's for him it's gonna be situation and it's gonna be uh who who's contending and 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 the best fit. And yeah. I, I I really I mean, I really, really, really think it's the Heat. Like I really do think that's a that's a perfect fit for him. It's just gonna come down to do the Heat have enough to get him? Um I know, I know it sounds like the Heat have a lot of money and the mid level is gonna be there. But if Millsap can go out and get a one year deal for a lot more money, then yeah. like why why would he take the mid level and the Heat aren't gonna have cap space? We talk about the Heat having cap. Uh yeah, well once they re-sign Goron and once they re sign Jay Crowder, right. they pretty much have no more money in terms of cap.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh yeah, for like you said, I think the decision to him is gonna be do you wanna take twenty million on for a couple years to go play for the Knicks? Or do you wanna take nine, nine and a half to play? to potentially go to the finals for the first time in right. your career, which I, and he could also just stay in Denver if they, if they'll have him back on a, on a deal on a team yep. friendly deal, because they were pretty close too. Yep. uh, Wes Matthews is a guy who I haven't been a big fan of for a few years now. I understand it again from a, he's super tough. I mean, this is a guy who who always kind of is known for always playing, And in terms of the culture, he's also a Marquette guy. So I don't know. He probably has a relationship with Jimmy, Um, but he hasn't been good in a while. And I'm not really sure. I feel like if you're going to, if you are splitting up, I understand they want to bring in some more vets. Uh, There's, there's other vets. I think there's other vets. I'm not a huge West. I'm, I used to love West Matthews, but I I just, at this point in his career, I don't know that he brings you that much. He's not going to have to bring you a ton. But I don't even know that he's. I think there's better guys out there.
0: Yeah, I I just think. Are are you are you in agreement that uh, Derek Jones Jr. Probably gone right, like to the Hawks or something.
1: He's Um, gonna get overpaid for what he is, and not that he not that he doesn't deserve it, but like, yeah, you can't. I think Zaz put it perfectly: is like you can't pay the money he's gonna make for a guy who's not gonna play.
0: Right. And you saw it there in the finals. You like mm-hmm. just couldn't put him on the court, and when you did bring him on the court, it was for important defensive possessions, and he was picking up stupid fouls. Like, and I love Derrick Jones Jr. By the way, like, but yeah, that's a guy. He he has like Newark Nick written all over him. <laughs> I, I like I like yeah. the fit in Atlanta with Trey Young. Um, sure, but at, for West Matthews, like that could be a, a solid replacement for Derrick Jones Jr. Right, like somebody who can come off the bench. He's just he he's a very adaptable player. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that even makes sense in in basketball terms, but, but just he can, he can play three and D he's a hustle guy. He can handle the ball. If Jimmy misses some time, you can, you can start him. You don't have to tweak the lineup too much. Spo loves to do that, right? Like he doesn't like to, to adjust the, uh, the, the lineup too much. So he'll bring off somebody who wasn't getting too many minutes and, and insert them into the starting lineup. Like he can be that guy. And I think that's, that's, that's a good role for Wes Matthews. And, and look at Jay Crowder, man, like, everybody looked at him as just a throw in to the Iggy trade. And the ended up being arguably one of the most important players in this run. Yeah. Uh, like that, that could be your Wes Matthews next year where you don't realize the value you're getting. And when the heat find his role, it may end up being a very significant one.
1: a Marquette guy too, right? This yeah. is all bringing in all Marquette guys. That's fine. <laughs> Um, I mean, Tom Crean was Tom Crean was a tough coach when he was at market. He's always been known as a tough coach. So it makes sense that he has guys connected to the heat organization. Look, if you could split up the mid-level and get those two guys, do it. I mean, that's that's value I mean, because we're, we're sitting here talking about what is Millsap going to get a, a one year deal for 15, 16 million dollars. If we can split up the mid-level and get those two guys, it's worth it. But right. uh, yeah, you mentioned Jeremy Grant. I, I love love God. Do I love Jeremy Grant? Like, what I saw from him in the playoffs, you talked about the jump that, um, that, that Bam and Tyler and those guys. I, I, the jump that I saw Ty, Jeremy Grant making in the playoffs this year was unbelievable. And it, particularly, I hate Syracuse guys. I hate Syracuse guys coming out of college. Generally speaking, if they're not named Carmelo Anthony, they didn't pan out in the NBA. <laughs> Jeremy Grant has developed into the perfect NBA role player. Like He is an incredible defender. He was so good defensively. He can shoot the ball. He's great in transition. He's going to get a lot of money. He's not taking the mid-level from anybody. I think he's getting $15 million, and I don't think that he can afford him. I just don't think. Uh, And and I think Gallinari was the other guy that we've seen rumored out there. I don't think that he can afford Gallinari either. I think that's part of the reason why they didn't trade for him.
0: Didn't he, uh, didn't he like change his mind? Didn't you see that story in the off season where he said uh, a winner is more important than getting paid now? Like maybe, maybe his mind has changed. Maybe he realized, man, like I could have made the difference for Dallas or I could have made the difference for the Heat. Right. Like, and, and if you're asking for, I, I was, I was just, you know loving on Paul Millsap like you want to talk about perfect fit for this team
1: well guys like yeah guys like Elinor are perfect friend I mean those are the type of guys that are just plug and play like anybody who shoots the ball like that you're 6'10 and you shoot I mean that's why Bertans is about to get paid because he's basically a 10 year younger version
0: I love Bertans Uh, I I, I love Bertans
1: I mean the guys the guys 6'10 comes from the Spurs that you got pop out here talking about how much they hated the fact that they had to get rid of him uh, and I mean the guy, top five shooter in the NBA, and he's 6'10. It's I mean it's, it's, he's just
0: I'm uh I'm I'm looking. I, I had never thought about the Syracuse draft picks, and I'm just looking at these, and wow. I mean you you couldn't have been more spot on. Oh, Tyler it's, it's Ennis, brutal. Michael Michael Carter Williams, dion Waiters, Fab Mello in the first round. <laughs> oh my awesome. god
1: rest in peace. West, by the way,
0: Wesley Johnson, Johnny Flynn. What the hell ever happened to Johnny oh, Flynn? Dude, didn't I'm the, telling you, didn't the Timberwolves take two? point guards back-to-back that wasn't that ricky rubio johnny flynn like back-to-back yeah yep, oh yep. i
1: actually talked about that on my on my other podcast earlier today when we were recording because we did a <laughs> ki- attempt to fix the minnesota timberwolves and we were hearkening back uh, to the david khan days of uh <laughs> i'll tell you what we fixed we we did the kings the, the day before timberwolves are easier to fix than the kings that team's a shit show but anyways it, um yeah the, the syracuse thing's crazy uh, part of it is look so i I worked when I I went to Florida state, I was a video guy at Florida state. And then I worked in the NBA. I was a video uh, coordinator for the Grizzlies and the, and the Hornets. So watching tape, it's just the Syracuse thing is just like, I feel like zone defense. I know teams are starting to play zone more in the NBA. I hate it. It drives me nuts. But the thing in college is I always felt like zone was the biggest cop out ever. And any team that plays zone for 40 minutes straight is not preparing a player to play in the NBA. And right. I think a big part of why these guys fizzled out is they all came into the NBA and were horrendous defenders. And they were not learning anything at Syracuse. And then they came in, and of course, Melo was going to be great. Melo could have came out of high school and been great. I mean, yep. this guy's one of the best scorers ever. But the rest of these guys, bums. Jeremy Grant, though, is breaking the mold. Jeremy Grant boy. is breaking the mold. Love that guy. Uh, here, there's two guys that are totally flying under the radar, to me, for the mid-level. Tristan Thompson and Serge Ibaka. We talk about guys potentially wanting to win. These guys, these are guys who have won and are at the end of their career. So they've done pretty much what they need to do. And tell me I tell you what, I understand Tristan Thompson can't score, but he does damn near everything else. This guy over the last two years, I'm pretty sure he's one of two players who's averaged 10 and 10 over the last two years, like two years straight. It's totally flying, flown under the radar because he doesn't, uh, he plays on a shitty team. This guy's an NBA champion, elite defender. He can... I mean, he can switch off onto players. He can guard wings, and he would be... You could start him with Bam if you needed to in a pinch. Bring him off the bench. He could... In the Lakers series, he's going right at Dwight. He could probably guard AD a little bit. Like, he would be great. And then Serge fits any team, because Serge can shoot it, and he can defend and all that.
0: Yeah, so my thing with Tristan Thompson, and I hadn't even, you know, even thought about that, uh, but... LeBron James tweeted that they were at lunch and more things to come or whatever. Sounds so right. he's going to, he's going to be a Laker. And I, I think that's, I think fair. that's pretty evident by now. And, and, but you're, you're totally right. Like that fit would have been perfect. And man, just having him to come in, if Bam has to miss a couple games or, or you keep Bam from, from, you know, just wearing down his body in the regular season. Man. Like Tristan's a perfect guy for that fit. Um, and as far as Ibaka, I love Ibaka all the cryptic Spanish tweets from Ibaka like got me thinking. Like he wants to be in Miami. I don't see well, him. Or does he want
1: to go with Mark back to Spain?
0: Right, <laughs> very true. <laughs> I don't see him leaving Toronto for a lesser role in Miami. That's my only thing with Ibaka. He,
1: but he came he off the bench been... in Toronto.
0: Yeah, but Marcus is leaving, and Toronto. I, I feel like I feel like they. They're one of the the few Eastern Conference teams which next year is probably gonna gonna lose more than they're gonna win. In oh, they're of the in a, they're
1: in a rough spot, I think. Yeah,
0: right. And and Van vliet has gone, right? So like they're they're gonna want to keep Ibaka. He's like their core guy from their championship run. I think they're gonna want to keep him. I think they're gonna pay more, and I think they'll offer him a bigger role than the Heat. Not that the Heat won't want to, they just won't have the minutes. Like they just won't. He can play like
1: twenty minutes a game for the Heat.
0: Yeah, I. Yeah, I, and he could even start. He, maybe. He take, like, I mean, if, he would take
1: yeah. Kelly o, he would take Kelly O's minutes. He, I mean,
0: sure. And, and Myers Leonard started uh, right. almost exactly. every game, what, 60 games or 50 games this year yeah. in the regular season. I mean, he would
1: be your primary backup big off the bench. Uh, right. So, I don't know. I mean, it's just, if I'm him, I guess it depends on what Toronto's going to offer him. It, no matter what they offer, I can't imagine them giving him more than a year. Like so, it's just a matter of if they're going to give him more than ten million, eleven million dollars for the one year just to stay. But also, Toronto's got to make a decision. If they actually, I guess they don't have a choice. They kind of, uh, they kind of pin themselves into this situation where they Siakam's extension starts this year, uh, and they still have Kyle Lowry, so they're kind of stuck. So you might be, I think you're probably right. They probably have to pay to keep them there, to have some semblance of a, of a playoff team.
0: Yeah. 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 They're in a rough spot and Van bleet has gone. Right. Like he's, he, he has, I, I said it earlier. He has mm-hmm. Nick, Nick or, or, or piston, I think written all over a man. Like he's, he's, oh the,
1: he's been rumored that he's the Knicks have been the rumors to him with the, him to the Knicks were happening before World Wide West took over.
0: I love that. I love that too because you know he's going to go there, and he's just not a number one. They're going to pay him like a number one or number two, and they're going to be handicapped it's, like they always are.
1: Oh my god! It, it, it's the only way it works is if they do trade for Chris Paul, and then you know him and Chris Paul. I mean him and Chris Paul. It could work like him and and Kyle Lowry. Not that that's going to like win you anything, but at this point, what's the bar for the Knicks? So the bar is like right. if you make Playoffs, it if you're an eight seed, like it's right. a miracle. So. Right. Uh, but yeah, they're going to overpay him. But I also heard that the Raptors are going to make a big run at Montrez Harrell. And I hate that. Like, I don't think he's worth the money he's going to get either. So that's, you know, if they're if they're planning on paying big money to Harrell, then maybe they don't have the money for a Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, very true. Yeah. Um, and then one last guy that I had on my radar. And I, I don't know if you have other guys on your radar, but Chris Dunn is really interesting to me. Um, And I know the Heat are kind of set, you know, with with uh, Kendrick next year. Um, and then they'll bring back Goron. But, you know, Kendrick's only has one year left, right? Next right. year. Then you got to decide what you want to do with him. Uh, Goron's getting older. It's going to be a one year deal. Chris Dunn's a former lottery pick who's a great defender and developed a three point shot a little bit. If you could get him in, even if you split up, you know, the, the way they talked about Wes Matthews, insert Chris Dunn, get rid of Wes Matthews. I and mean, you got a young guy that could develop into something pretty good there on the cheap, because he hasn't, he's sort of been, you know, drafted out of his position in Chicago. I think he could be an interesting option. It's,
0: it's, it's funny you say that, and this obviously means nothing, but he's my, my preferred 2K backup point guard for the Miami Heat. <laughs> so oh. so thumbs up, thumbs up for no other reason than he's my guy. <laughs> so <laughs> thumbs up on Chris Dunn. But, but yeah, I, I just think, uh, again, we have to see what they do with the 20th pick in the draft, because if they do go get a point guard, then... You, you probably you probably won't see them going out and getting Chris done
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's true is there anybody else are there any other guys that uh that you've seen or that you think like I, I wouldn't mind saying you know who I really wouldn't mind seeing in a heat jersey if you can get them cheap Aaron Baines I love that guy oh
0: oh my god yes yes give me Aaron Baines all day I think he's better than Kelly O I think he's He's better for this roster than Kelly O as well. And I love Kelly O. I I know it kind of sounds he's like the, shitting on him, he, but I don't I'm he, not I is just, old.
1: The only thing is he's super old, but he he's good, man.
0: But he's he's the perfect he's the perfect guy that you can get. Like he's your option, what, B or C or whatever? Oh, D, but but he's still know, yeah. Right. But but still like he there, there's value there. There's certainly value there. Oh,
1: absolutely. I I love the guy. I mean he yeah. uh, It was so funny. I was watching a game. I think it was a Phoenix game. or He was on Phoenix, obviously. But I was watching a game where I was watching him, and I'm like, God damn, this guy sets good screens. And then Jeff Van Gundy goes, there should be an award for best screener in the NBA, and it should be (laughs) named after Aaron Baines. I'm like, dude, it's true. It's unbelievable. The guy, he just gets guys open. Uh, I think...
0: uh, He's also an
1: NBA champion.
0: I saw... He is. Very true. I uh, I saw some people on Heat Twitter talking about San Whiteside, white side i mean oh. no no effing way right like just no way listen
1: listen this guy this guy leads the nba in blocks averages 15 and 10 in the fucking blazers couldn't bench him fast enough when nerf came i <laughs> Like they couldn't send him and relegate him to the bench fast enough when their actual center came back he is su- such a bum jo- such jordan a bum. clarkson uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, Interesting. I, he it's interesting. he. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, he could score it. He played really well for Utah this year. He he was yeah. he was an interesting player for them. Uh, you know, everybody becomes more interesting when it with the Heat. I think it's like there's two there's two places there's a few places in the league where like a guy immediately becomes more interesting. They become more interesting when they play with LeBron. They become more interesting when they play in Miami. I mean, there's probably other places too, but like both of those situations where it's like, you know, LeBron's going to make you better and you know, being in a heat jersey is going to make you better just because of the system. So yeah, Jordan Clarkson, I wonder if Jordan Clarkson values himself a little more than the mid-level because he's still, he's not old, right? He's still, he's still in his like mid to late twenties.
0: Very young. Hold on. Yeah. Right here. He's Oh no, he's 28. He was
1: 28. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's
0: another guy. That's another guy that might have like Nick, Nick written all over him or, or <laughs> Detroit or, or Charlotte Totally. Or something like that. I, it,
1: a lot of these things with the Knicks. Now I check where, who they're repped by because if they're a CAA <laughs> guy, then there's a good chance they're right. going to New York.
0: There's a link there, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so that's where like, I'm pretty sure Leon Rose, if he didn't just represent Chris Paul, he was representing Chris Paul at some point, And that's probably why you keep hearing Chris Paul, of the Knicks. Yeah. um, well, either way, it's gonna be exciting. I, I'm glad that we're hearing now, like I mentioned off the top, that we, you know, just, it's looking like the players are relenting and they realize we're gonna to have to start basketball soon, which means the draft is the 18th, so free agency right. would start like a couple of days after. So we're gonna be finding out sooner than later. It's it's awesome, yep. uh, yeah. dude. I appreciate you jumping on with me. This is fun, man. We're gonna have you back absolutely. I mean, this is good stuff.
0: No joke. Anytime. Like, seriously, anytime. I had a lot of fun for real.
1: Cool. appreciate it, man. Talk to you next time. Cool, man. Take it easy. Another great conversation. This time, Alejandro Solana from 790. He's got the guts to believe in Miami Heat. He believed from the beginning. And hopefully you guys believe in Miami Heat as well. And if you do, you know the deal. Rate, subscribe, review. Subscribe, rate, review, review, rates. I don't know the order, but just do it. Go ahead, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a little message for me. Let me know who you are on the podcast. Let me know what you think about the podcast, unless you don't like it. But how could that be possible? And of course, I'll see you next week. And as always.